0: Welcome to the Women Empower podcast, where women entrepreneurs share their stories, struggles, and accomplishments. We are here to listen to women in all walks of life, from starting a business to running million-dollar companies, from personal to business, and everything in between. Let's get started. Here's your host, Bree Logue. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Moment in Power Podcast. I'm your host, Bree Logue. Today, we have Liz Bloomfield with us. She's a nonprofit leader, a storyteller, and a coach. She is passionate about creating a more just world where everyone thrives. I am super excited to chat today. Thank you so much for coming on. Great to be here, Bree. Thanks for having me on. So to start, I always like to ask a little bit about you, and what you're currently working on. mm mm-hmm. Sure. So right now I'm wearing two,
1: three different hats, as I'm sure a lot of us are. I lead the nonprofit Ripple Effect Images, which uses visual storytelling, so film and photography, to shine a light on proven solutions, empowering women across the globe. So we go out, we find these amazing women that are getting it done, and then we send our brilliant filmmakers and photographers to document what they're doing, and then we get that out to the wider audiences, and that enables those incredible change makers to attract the resources that they need to multiply and to kind of replicate their program's even greater impact. So that's a huge part of what I do. I'm also really committed to using storytelling in helping people realize the vision for the lives that they want for themselves. So I work a lot with purpose-driven people who are really making a difference in the world, but they're kind of tired. They're perhaps a little disillusioned. Um, They really want to reconnect with their purpose, but also recharge their energy. And so my Energized Impact program really helps those you know, people who give a lot, service-driven people who give a lot back to their families, their communities, their professions, in reconnecting with their what they care about deeply and doing that with a whole lot more energy. So that's just a few of the things that I do.
0: Oh, I love that! Two amazing missions. So before we really, I've loved. I have so many questions already that I want to ask you about that. But let's backtrack a little bit and talk about how you became an entrepreneur. Yeah, I certainly didn't start
1: out as an entrepreneur. I started my career in the military. I was in the British Army. And uh, during the course of my service, I deployed overseas. I went to Iraq in 2003, and had the incredible privilege to work alongside local people in Iraq. Um, I was responsible for reestablishing the rail infrastructure in southern Iraq at that time. And it was a real honor to work with such driven, focused, professional people and work in partnership with them in in a shared goal. And I think that's something that really stayed at my core in the subsequent things that I went on to do. I I then worked in the corporate sector for a while, in the uh, renewable energy sector. But it was when I moved to the US and decided to really focus my attention on the humanitarian sector that you know, my real purpose came to the fore. Um, For a few years, I was working on the protection of civilians trapped in conflict situations, subsequently on responding to humanitarian emergencies such as hurricanes, um, earthquakes, other natural disasters. And that brought me to where I am now with Ripple. But I think this common thread running through around the importance of amplifying and elevating local leaders. Um, These people have the solutions. They're out in their communities. They know what's needed. We have to pay attention. We have to listen to them. We have to support them, but we have to give them the agency to do what they know is right. And that's why I believe so passionately in empowering those local change makers.
0: That's amazing. So I don't get to talk with too many ladies who have a military background. So can you tell us a little bit about how that transition was for you or how um, it's helped you start your business?
1: I think the the thing that stands out for me is the importance of, of discipline, um, the importance of having a plan and sticking to it, even on the days when you don't want to. And believe me, there were many of those in both of my careers. (laughs) There were many mornings in the military when I woke up and it was raining and cold and I did not want to do what we had. But you have to, you have to, as a leader in the army, you have to be there for your soldiers. You have to show up and be energized and inspire that same in, in the people that you're serving. And I think the same is true for entrepreneurs. You know, there's so many days when you just don't want to do what it is that needs to get done that day. Um, Maybe it's boring. Maybe it's something that just doesn't really light you up. For me, I I do not enjoy sales. And I really had to shift my mindset then there, both in terms of understanding what sales was, um, but also accepting that, I was just gonna to have to have conversations that I wasn't necessarily comfortable with. And I think that sense of of just having to, to to really understanding what it is that your business needs, setting that plan and then methodically following through on it. Um, come come what may. It's
0: funny you say that they were don't like sales. Uh I just talked to a salesperson a couple of weeks ago who, you know, was giving us tips and tips on uh, this podcast earlier, but I think a lot of women really struggle with that aspect of it. You're right. Like actually asking for the sale and like going through all those mindset shifts of having to like, this is how much I can charge. And those questions that can be really hard to overcome. They can. and, And I think part of it is accepting that it is an important
1: part of any business, literally any business you need to be able to make that connection that results in the outcome that will generate the revenue for your business to be viable and that's just as true for me in running a non-profit you know people think oh well it's not the same as um as running a small business but it is to make a non-profit viable you have to ask for support you have to be bold and brave you have to build relationships and I think it's that element of it that um the building relationships piece for me that enabled more of it to click in that actually if you invest in meaningful relationships the other bits come easier because it doesn't feel icky it doesn't feel like oh i'm just cold calling someone and trying to sell them something like depending on what your field is but i would say for the most for most businesses that's unlikely to be particularly productive it's about creating the the situation where where those relationships can build over time and you know there was for me, I, I, I tend to think of it like there's, there's three things I need to be doing. I need to be getting out there and talking to people. Like I just can't sit in my little bubble, even however much that is what you want to do some days. You've got to get out there and talk to people. You've got to tell them what you do, um, whether that's that you sell a product, whether, that's that you, whether you provide a certain kind of service. It doesn't mean that you have to be pitching them for a sale right there and then, but you've got to talk about like, what it is you do. And then you've got to make offers and you've got to you know find ways in which to help the person you're engaging with understand what what it is. And I think when I started to adopt that approach, it felt more comfortable. I felt like I could be more authentic. And, and that was quite a big turning point for me.
0: I love that. Yeah, I always recommend people go out and network. Uh, so when you first started, what were kind of some networking things that you did to get in front of like face to face with people?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of Chambers, the Chamber of Commerce, Um, the local Chamber of Commerce here in Northern Virginia, where I'm based is wonderful, um, incredibly supportive. And you get the opportunity to network with people about your business. But you also, it's an also a fabulous community of people that are facing similar kinds of challenges. It feels less lonely being an entrepreneur when you spend time with other entrepreneurs. So I think Chamber is, is a great place to start. I think I think there's lots of other things depending on what your business is. Um, But I, but I think just showing up and talking to people again, whether it's, whether it's a book club, whether it's um, a social gathering, I, I, I don't think it necessarily matters because it will depend on your business and the community that you live in. But it, but it's about getting out there. And for me, sometimes the the most promising leads come from the most unlikely sources and often things that I just didn't want to go to. I never want to go to a networking event. And I always come away really glad that I went and with at least one really interesting new connection. And so... You know, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, whether you like social engagements or not, the you have to take yourself out of your comfort zone and have those conversations. And even if they don't n- initially appear to bear fruit, they will over time.
0: They will for sure. Uh, yeah, I just went to a networking event last night and I definitely had my husband had to push me to go. And I was like, you can just go alone. He's like, no, you should go. Like, you know, there's going to be people there you're going to want to meet. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And then, um, you know, I did go, of course. I was like, I always end up going, but I always like, did I have to like, be drag my feet the whole way there. (laughs) But I did meet like three people that are like, had super interesting conversations with. And that's my goal always. It's like, usually my goal is to, if I can like talk to two new people every time I go there, you know, that's the only one thing I need. One of the things I underestimated was that I... It seems obvious
1: when I say it now, but when I was going to events, I was assuming that it was the people at the events that were going to be the ones that I needed to find the people that were going to be relevant to me. And yet I would say all of the events I've been to in the past six months, the most promising contact has been someone that I met at the event connecting me to someone else. Um, so even if those people aren't in the room the chances are the people that you do connect with like ah oh, I should connect you to my friend or I should connect you to my sister-in-law and and then you know that network extends out from there and so I think just not being closed to whether your people will be in the room but just kind of trusting the process that just talking to anyone will will um, will likely unlock um some really exciting opportunities
0: for sure, uh, BNI has taught me that. Actually, I was in BNI for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and that was one thing. You know, you're always looking to connect people with other people. So they made it almost like a game, and I love that so much. Mm-hmm. And I still love it now. And anytime somebody's like, "Oh, do you know somebody?" I'm like, "Yes, yes, I do. I love to connect you with those people." It's just so and fun. You, yeah, and if you can find those master
1: connectors, because there's always a few of them—those people that just know everybody and connect everyone—if you can get under the wing of one of those, then fabulous. It makes your job even easier um, because. Some people have just a real flair for, for making those connections for you.
0: They really do. So I have one last question, and then i really love to talk more about your uh, nonprofit. But entrepreneurship has many ups and downs. How do you handle the bad days? I think
1: community is is a big part of that. You know, I've got... I've got various different communities. Some are more formal, some are more informal. Sometimes you need the small WhatsApp group of peer entrepreneurs that you can just say, "I'm having a rough day. Um, Talk to me," and you know that you can pick each other up on those days, um, or when you need to be held accountable for something. You know, I find those accountability partners hugely helpful because, as an entrepreneur that you don't have a boss that's going to ask why you haven't done something or when the you know why you haven't met the deadline so you have to do that yourself but it it's hard to do that and so creating some of those mechanisms i think for the bad days the days when you don't want to do something when you're feeling unmotivated is is really really important but again i think going back to what i said at the start developing the habit of discipline it's such a boring tip to give but just doing the things that you don't want to do on the days you don't want to do. Well, what will be what marks you out from the other person who like gives himself a free pass that day? Um, Sure, you might have to like shuffle around your priorities, you're maybe not going to write a really um, complex proposal on a day when your head is just not there, but you can do other stuff. Mm -hmm. So that on the day when you have got the energy, you're not doing a, a boring administrative task. But I think that showing up is um is a discipline that I think as an entrepreneur, that's what marks the successful entrepreneurs out from the others.
0: No, I agree a hundred percent. And definitely accountability partners have been so great because like the last thing you want to do is go in front of a group of your peers and be like, oh, you know, I said I was going to do that last week, but, you know, and it's like, oh, no, 100%. Even if it's like a you know, couple hours beforehand, I'm like, oh, shoot, I said I was going to do that. I need to do it right now because I don't want to, you know, go through and have to say, mm-hmm. no, I didn't do it. And everybody else did the thing they were going to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let's dive into your nonprofit. Uh, Tell us a little bit about why you started it. So. Ripple was actually
1: founded by Annie Griffiths, who is a National Geographic photographer. She was one of the first female uh, photographers in for National Geographic. And she started Ripple because she just, while she was out doing her photography assignment, she was just seeing all these incredible women that were getting it done. They weren't making a big song and dance about it. They weren't uh, seeking um, praise or recognition for themselves. They just saw a need in their community. And so they made it happen. And you know, more and more, she was seeing these women, these small grassroots organisations, and saw a real opportunity that worked to that in communicating to the wider world about their success. You could do two things: one, you can attract the resources for them to be able to replicate and expand successful programs, but also we can shift the narrative around where we should be investing our attention and our resources globally. Firstly, there's just a huge wealth of information and evidence that supports the premise that women pay it forward. You know, you invest in a woman's health, her education, her well-being. She extends those benefits to everyone around her. She creates a better life for her family and she builds a stronger community. And so there's so much evidence that shows the positive benefit of investing in women. And so, yeah, working with Annie, we've, you know, we, we really see the opportunity in telling those stories, but not doing it in a way that disempowers those women. Actually, the way we make our films is where we amplify and elevate the voices of the people who are transforming the lives or having their lives transformed. We don't use narrators. We don't bring in other voices. We really seek to amplify those voices. And I think, What that's done is a number of things. It's enabled those successful organisations to attract the resources to do more. But it's also enabled us to reach wider audiences where they are. So people that might not be paying attention to education initiatives or healthcare initiatives, the importance of water and sanitation or clean cooking, the power of um, economic empowerment for women, Um, people who aren't necessarily paying attention to those issues in creating films that both educate and entertain, we're reaching these new audiences and kind of shifting the narrative around this idea of everything is broken in the world, these women are victims, to one that's much more positive, that's really about um, showing just what is possible, showing how many solutions are working so that we can invest globally in you know what's what's already out there, and these incredible change makers at the local level, and that lights me up because I see so much opportunity. The opportunity is infinite there, and if if you if you'll allow me, I would transform you to uh, transport you to Chad. One of our most recent films was about Hindu Umaru Ibrahim, who is this truly extraordinary woman from Chad who grew up in a nomadic tribe against the odds, managed to get an education and now brings together her indigenous knowledge with modern technology to map water sources in the region. And this is really transformative in a region where water scarcity is a huge source of conflict. And she's just incredible and it's a it's it's a fabulous story of why it's so important that we pay attention both to indigenous solutions and modern solutions they can coexist and so that's just one example of how um telling that story enables that to reach wider audiences and can have even greater impact
0: that sounds amazing i cannot wait to watch that so definitely have to send me the link after so i can put in the show notes too I will.
1: And I'll, I'll I'll tell it for everyone that's listening. The film is called Mapping Survival. And if you Google Mapping Survival, you'll find a link to the film.
0: Oh, perfect. Great. And then that picture behind you, I know people who are listening can't see it, but it is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, this is a picture by our
1: um, our founder, Annie Griffiths. And yeah, it's stunning. Um, it's it's a great example of why it's so important to connect with the human stories, um, the extraordinary um people that are out there in the world. And yeah, it's one of my favorite pictures too.
0: So you also, you can tell how passionate about you are uh, what you're doing. And I love that so much. You also said you are a coach to help people kind of tell their stories and find their passions. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, of course. Something that I noticed in the course of my work um, in the humanitarian sector and with Ripple now is you know, I cross paths with so many incredible purpose-driven people that really care about what they do. They're giving back so much to their communities and their families. They might be educators, healthcare workers, humanitarian workers, parents, carers, all different roles where people give a lot of themselves in service of others. But, you know, more and more, finding coming across people that were just very tired exhausted feeling a little disconnected from the purpose that still was really important to them but but somehow had become disconnected along the way and so i have an energized impact coaching program where i help people reconnect to their purpose re-supercharge their energy which is a combination of their physical and their mental fitness and then you know, really focus on where what they want that impact to, to be and through a series of quite clear steps. I take people through this process so that they can really reconnect with what they care about, the people that they're seeking to serve, but do that in a way that isn't at the expense of their own well-being. Um, And I'm sure many of the people listening today can relate to that. It's, you know, we want to have an impact in the world, but sometimes we just have given so much of ourselves that we don't feel like we have anything else to give. And so that is, you know, that those are people that I'm seeking to serve. And for me, storytelling is um, a really important component of that. The stories that we tell ourselves are really powerful in how we show up, in the energy that we bring to a situation, in how we feel able to contribute to the world that we exist in. And so that's why I see this really important opportunity to bring storytelling to individuals um, in understanding their purpose and, just, you know, re-engaging with the things that they care most about.
0: Well, that's amazing. I know so many women who, yeah, they're like, oh, this is not one thing. And then they just let everything kind of, you know, fall to the back burner. And yeah, that's definitely very much needed in this community for sure. <laughs> yeah, it, at some people,
1: women in particular are very good at just keeping going, you know, keeping going, keeping all the plates spinning. But at some point, something has to give, and you know, I try to work with people before it gets to that point. Sometimes it's gone past that point, but either either way, it's a really um, it's a very structured process of re-establishing some, some foundations, re-establishing some boundaries and parameters about what what matters most to you in li- your life. And that's why I such a privilege to work with people one-to-one and in groups on that, because you see people come back to life. Um, something that they'd, you know, was all they knew was in them because it had always been there before, but for all kinds of reasons have been dampened over time and you know reinvigorating that is is a real privilege.
0: Oh, I guess right it's going to be amazing to see these women transform. Yeah, absolutely. So I have one last question for you and then we'll wrap up. Um what is one tip that you would like to give women who are about to enter entrepreneurship? Be brave,
1: but know that it's going to be hard. Know that there will be times when um You'll get a lot of no's, but getting the no's is part of the journey and having the resilience to keep getting up from that is what will ultimately lead to your success. But don't let that, that distract you. The, the most incredible women that I work with every single day through Ripple and through my coaching practice um, have that fire within them, so believe in
0: that, and uh, and you you will achieve what you're seeking. Yeah. So I feel like that's the toughest part in the beginning. You're right. Cause it's like, especially if you don't come from like a sales background or, you know, a background where you have to deal with rejection, you're going to deal with the direction hundred percent when you're an entrepreneur, it's just going to happen. And that's something that you need to overcome. And I love that guy. He's got to deal with all the no's. It's going to be up and down. (laughs) Awesome. And then my last question for you, what is your favorite book? Oh, this is such a bit. This
1: is such a difficult question for me because I love to read, and I, um, I read. I try to read at least one book a week, and so I could come up with a list the length of my arm. I'm going to be cheeky and say two: one fiction and one nonfiction. Um, my, my. F- Favorite nonfiction book is called Essentialism by Greg McCune. And it's just a brilliant, it's a it's a quick read. He's a really good and clear writer, but it's a really good reminder of what it takes to be successful in something. It requires the elimination of everything else. Um, so anybody that's like juggling a lot of things but really wants to get some focus and balance in their lives. That's a, a great book to read. My favorite fiction book is, um, I have a favorite genre and this is my favorite book within that. The, uh, the Nightingale by Kristin Hannah. I absolutely love books about female spies ideally in France, in the French resistance during the Second World War. There's just something about that era and those women that just blows my mind in terms of the courage and the bravery that they had during um, such a difficult period at a time when women didn't really do those kind of roles. It wasn't typical. And so I love that book. I love reading those kind of stories because it inspires me to to be the badass that I want to be so badly.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. So i have not read essentialism, but you're the second person that's recommended it to me. So I know I have it somewhere in like my bookshelf, so I'm going to have to pick it up now. Uh, that's always my rule. If somebody recommends something to me twice, I'm like, that's my sign to read it. Um, it's, a good, then, it's a great read. Yeah. <laughs> right? I know. Yeah, I'm really like, I have to read it now. It's going to, I'm going to grab it after this and put it on my bookshelf. Um, and then... I have not read that book. I have her other book um, that just came out pretty recently that I really loved. But I love historical fiction, too. It's like one of my favorite things. Um, The Huntress is like one of my favorite books. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, it's a similar kind of female protagonist that she she always has these incredible female protagonists. So if you like The Huntress, then you'll definitely love The Nightingale. Well, perfect. i have to pick that one up, too.
0: Awesome. And then um, how can people connect with you both for from the nonprofit perspective and for your coaching perspective?
1: Yeah, so for ripple effect images, you can go to ripple org. We have loads of amazing films on there. You can check out all, all different aspects of our work. And this if you need to be inspired this afternoon, there's some kind of five minute pick-me-up films that will me, that you will be so inspired by these incredible female change makers. So check out ripple And for my coaching, um, you can go to liz-bloomfield.com. Liz bloomfieldcom da- Liz dash dot There you can pick up um, a PDF that I have a free giveaway around how you can reframe your own internal narrative, and also for anyone listening today, I'd be really happy to offer a thirty minute complimentary consultation. So people are very welcome to get in touch with me about that. Also,
0: oh, well, thank you so much. It's amazing, and thank you so much for coming on today and sharing so much value. Thanks so much, Brie. I love your podcast, and thanks for doing such a so much great work. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Women in Power podcast. Please hit the subscribe and like button to see more episodes. New episodes air every Wednesday morning. So, please join our Facebook group, Women in Power, for the latest updates and news about our podcast.